Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. How many believe that our God is an amazing God? I do. So I hope you're blessed by this song. Amazing. 
beautiful song put your hands together for her one more time amen or oh, if you don't clap I'll call you to sing so clap for her again hallelujah at the same time in my school I'm also after the assistant principal I'm also in charge so I get to actually evaluate teachers at the same time it's been a very rewarding but exhausting um, job and just before the when Reverend had the, what do you call it, uh, we had a Christmas convention just about a fortnight ago. Um, just as I went to school this year, the principal told me that uh, you are being moved to the next step. So Reverend had said that we were going to be moving up. So we're going to give thanks and glory to the Lord. Amen. Testimony, yeah. 
testimony, testimony, say, testimony, say, testimony, testimony, say, testimony, say, testimony, testimony, say, testimony, say, testimony, testimony, say, I need a house, give it to me, I need a give it to me. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I also want to share this testimony um, to thank God for the miracle in my life. Uh, God really delivered me from death. Um, my wife has given this testimony. She, gave, she shared this testimony about two weeks ago, but you know, I was the person who was sick. <laughs> so, so I believe I have to share the testimony myself. <laughs> Uh, it all started a day before Thanksgiving. I was in the office. I went to the bathroom and I realized there was blood in my stool. So I even called my wife and told her about it. Then she said, okay, go and see your doctor. So I went to the doctor. They gave me some medication. I took it. The next day, there was no blood. Then 10 days later, 10 or nine, 10 days later, it was Saturday, I went again to the bathroom and I realized there was blood in my blood, in my stool again. And I told my wife, he said, oh, it's going to go away, so don't worry. Then Sunday morning, around 2 a.m., I went to the bathroom and it was all blood, clot of blood and blood. So I, my wife did not see it. So when I told her, so it's going to go away. So don't worry. So Sunday we came to church. I didn't use the bathroom. There was no blood. So we went home Sunday. That was 3rd December. When we got home, I went to the bathroom again. And this is the time the blood was coming a lot. With clots. The clots under and then a lot of blood. So I asked her to take me to the emergency room. So we went to the emergency room. And even before the doctor would see me, I've gone to the bathroom about four times. It's all blood. A lot of blood. And then the doctor came to see me and said, okay, they were going to observe me. So they put me at the emergency room. They were going to observe me. And I was there for a long time. Nothing was done to me. They said they were talking to my GI to see what he was going to do. So they took me upstairs to the second floor of the, uh, the hospital. And that place is an observation. So it was, my wife was with me, but she left. So I was alone by myself. And then around 10, no, getting to Monday, midnight, this young guy came to my room to take, to draw blood from me. And then when he, after drawing the blood, he went away. And then the next morning, this is what he told me. He said he doesn't know what happened. Then he came back to check on me. When he came back, I was unresponsive. I have passed out. I didn't see anything, and they have to call the rapid response. So when they were able to stabilize me a little bit, and I opened my eyes, I saw a lot of people in my room with oxygen on me, with this on me, with this on me. And I saw my blood pressure was 84 over 40. It was serious. And 
they also did EKG. And then they realized that part of my heart was blocked. So the next morning, um, my EI daughters came around and then they said they were going to do colonoscopy and endoscopy. But I have had colonoscopy four months earlier and there was nothing. All that is that they removed two polyps. So when the EI daughters came, uh, they said, well, they can't do the colonoscopy. They wanted to do colonoscopy again, but they can't do it unless a cardiologist cleared me because of the blockage in my heart. So they have to look for a cardiologist for me. Uh, one came in, he examined me, and then, you know, he said, okay, next, the next they have to go and do some tests. Meanwhile, I've gone to do CAT scan and one other test, which took about three hours. So I did the CAT scan. Uh, the, I went to the cardiologist the next morning. I went there. They, did it, they didn't find anything. All that the doctor said was that maybe because I lost a lot of blood. That was the reason why maybe that block, blockage was there. It's because when I pass out, when I open my eyes, my whole sheet, my underwear, my everything was soaking blood. So my EI, when they get the clearance from the cardiologist, okay, they say, okay, we have to do the uh, colonoscopy that very day. So they have to clean my system, clean my system, and the colonoscopy was supposed to be four o'clock. So they came for me, four o'clock, we were there, they didn't do it up to about seven before they sent me in to do the colonoscopy. When they did the colonoscopy and then the endoscopy, they do the two at the same time because they wanted to find out where the blood was coming, whether it was coming up or down. So they did that. And they didn't find anything. They didn't see any blood coming from everywhere. So what they, what they did was that they cleaned my whole system and then they brought me back to the ward. So that was Tuesday evening. So the next day, which was Wednesday, I didn't go to the bathroom, so I didn't see any blood. So Wednesday, from Wednesday to... But then they have given me blood transfusion. They've given me three units already. Blood un three units of blood transfusion. So on the Wednesday to Thursday, the next day between 12 midnight, then the blood started coming again. It was serious, so I became scared. I have lost a lot of blood already. And this time, it was coming really more. So I said, what was happening? So around 4 a.m., I called my wife, and I told her that I don't think I'm going to make it. So I was trying to show her where important documents are. <laughs> because I wasn't going to make it, so I have to show her where things are, so that you know, once she wants to look at them, she can just find them easily. I haven't even called my family. Because we thought we were going to, you know, be out, go to the hospital for maybe two or three days, I'll come back home. So when I realized things were getting serious, then I called my family back home. So when I was talking, I was going to tell my wife, oh, even in Ghana, this is what you should do. Then he said, stop, stop that. Don't tell me that. He said, don't tell me that. That's why she was shouting at me. I'm coming there right now. So when she said she was coming there, I think what she did that she called Reverend. 
around 4 a.m. and she called Reverend. And she, she got Reverend. And then, you know, the Reverend, I think they prayed, I think they prayed a lot. And then they had a communion too. My wife had a communion, she had a bread and then, you know, some juice. Reverend prayed over it. And then she brought the communion to the hospital. And then she... <laughs> And he, she came to administer the communion on me. So from, she came around 5 a.m. So from 5 a.m. to, you know, 7 o'clock, from 7 going, there was no blood coming. There was no blood coming. So the whole day, there was no blood coming. And so the next day, which was Friday, you know, um, my daughter came in, they have to give, no, Thursday they have to give me another unit of blood. So, you know, I had about four units of blood. So, the daughter came in and they said, okay, uh, okay, Friday I went to the bathroom and I saw that things were changing. And so, I realized that things were changing, you know, like there was no much blood. And then I realized that my stool was becoming normal. Uh, and then my daughter came in and said, okay, he wanted to discharge me, but she can't do that because my blood count was too low. My blood count was 7.2 or something. The, your blood count, so I went to the hospital with a blood count of about 13 or 14, but it has come down to 7. So she can't just let me go with my blood count. So she said, okay, let's wait. We will do another blood work and see whether your blood count will go away, will, be, will go up. Meanwhile, my whole body, my whole body, every uh, vein, they put blood here, they did this every time. They are, put, they are taking blood, they are doing this. So they don't even have, when they are coming to take a blood sample, <laughs> they can't even get a vein to take anything. So, you know, so... They went in for another blood work, and then when they came back, my blood count has gone up a little bit, up to about eight point something. So he said, okay, I will let you go home. So we went home, and um, that was the end. Up to now, the blood has not come again. So, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm really getting better, better and better every other day. You know, uh, the last time, I, okay, when I went home, I went to do blood work. It was 8.7. And then 26 December, I went to do another one and up to about 10.2. So, which means, but right now, if I go to do right another one again, I think it will go high. You know, because I really feel better this time, you know. So I just want to just share this morning to thank God and also to thank Reverend. Reverend, you know, because Reverend was, even when she has prayed with my wife, about two or three hours later, she called me, he called me, prayed with me, and told me that, look, when we have faith, when we are going to the bathroom, don't think we are going to see blood. Have faith that we are, it's not blood that we are going to see. And from that time, I never saw any blood. So, uh, and then even when I came home, when I came home, uh, Reverend was still calling, checking on me. Oh, I'm checking on you. How are you doing? And other things. I have thanked uh, Reverend, but I also want to thank all the church members here. You know, because 
initially we didn't want to tell anybody because we thought I was going only for maybe one or two days and I would come up. So, but the message got out. But when the message got out, the church members, you show your real love to me. People called me. People came from Bronze. They came to visit me in the hospital. People tested me. They called me. And then, you know, pray with me. Even somebody even came and came and anointed me, you know. <laughs> so, I just want to thank all of you here uh, for showing great love to me. And I also want to thank God for saving my life. Thank you. Wow. Say wow. Wow, God is good. All the time. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We pray for the sweet influence of your Holy Spirit. We pray the Lord your Spirit would visit us. He's always here. But we pray the Lord our visit to your house will never be in vain. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's get... Uh, how's the fasting going? It's going. Okay. Psalm 84 verse uh, 11. Yeah, Psalm 84, that's our scripture uh, for the week or for the day. Amen. That we're going to memorize this scripture. Psalm 84, verse 11. Okay, Psalm 84. Verse in, we are not even in February yet. And they are discouraged. What do you tell them? Tell them, look, my sister, my brother. See, Psalm 84, verse 11 says that. You look very powerful. What do you think? Yeah. Are we going to use the scripture? Wonderful. So use it and pray about it. Amen. So Reverend is not here, amen. He's in a pastor's conference which I couldn't attend. So he asked me to share something with you uh, for the first service and then the second service and then we'll spend some time praying after the second service as well. So if you can stay for the second service, that'll be um, awesome. We'll just spend about an hour praying in the church. Remember he preached a message and said that praying in the church is not the same as praying. In, what, what do you think? Yeah. There's something about eating McDonald's in the McDonald's building. When you take it home, it doesn't have a certain... Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah. So it's, it's very different. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Rev has asked me to uh, share something small with you about the book we've been uh, praying about and preaching about and fasting about. Hallelujah. About the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to share your word in this wonderful place to your wonderful sheep, oh God. We pray that your Holy Spirit will give us the utterance to hear and to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, I'm talking about demystifying the anointing. Shabaya. Hallelujah. Demystifying the anointing. Amen. Now, when people say anointing, anointing, sometimes we don't know what we are talking about. Do you get it? When someone comes to church and they can pray the loudest, we say the person is anointed. True or not true? Yeah, or if you dress very conservatively, you know, you have a long skirt, you don't do your nails, no makeup, uh, no hairdo, even when we greet you, say, I mean, anything... You see a mosquito, you pray about it, you know. Um, what, what else? Uh, when you, let's say you are walking out, I rebuke the cold, you know. So, and we say, oh, such a sister or brother is what? It's anointed. <laughs> Isn't that how we interpret anointing? Yeah, do you get it? 
or when we are leading worship and you cry, we say, oh, you are, maybe the worship leader used to be your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, that's why you're crying. Do, do you get it? So it's not like, okay, the song is powerful, and they'll say, oh, man, this sister or brother is anointed. And you look at your dry face, and you say, oh, maybe I don't feel anything. Do you get it? So we are going to demystify the anointing. Hallelujah. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so demystify means to make clear and easy to understand. Do you, do, do you get it? How many of you can fly a plane? I'm sure not anybody, anybody here who can say they can. But you know, if you watch how pilots fly, it's very easy. Do, do you get it? Yeah, but of course you need training. But it's very easy. You push this button, you push this button, and then you push something in the middle, and the plane goes off. Do, do you get it? Yeah, they have a way of demystifying it. Do you get it? Or how to demystify the making of jollof. Is that a good de demystification? Yeah, you can demystify it, you know. But, you know, when people know how to do things, they try to just keep it in a lockbox. Do, do, do you get it? But God doesn't want his things to be in a lockbox. Hallelujah. So he wants us to understand who, what is the anointing. Amen. As we are praying for the anointing, we need to understand what we are praying for. So the anointing is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to enable you to do something. Amen. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. Do, do you get it? And he went about doing what? Good. So Jesus doing good was not a result of his love for God or anything but was based on the fact that God had anointed him. Do you get it? So for 30 years, he wasn't preaching. Are you with me? He wasn't doing miracles. He wasn't doing much. Meanwhile, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Remember? Because the Bible says that when he was even in his mother's womb, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the person of the Holy Spirit was already with him. Just as the Holy Spirit is with you. So you are already what? Full of the Holy Spirit. But the anointing is the supernatural ability of God that comes upon you to do something that you can naturally not do. Okay? So when we say, okay, Benihin is anointed or Bishop Dark is anointed, what we're saying is that God had put a certain grace on him that allows him to build churches, you know, to pastor churches, to have crusades and do all the wonderful things that you and I can say that no man can do these things except what? God is with him. Hallelujah. That is simply the anointing. Okay? So the anointing is not the oil. Amen? That is not it. It's just a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me, church? Yeah. That is what the anointing of God is. It's just God's grace. And you know, in the Old Testament, when anybody was made a king or a priest or whatever, they anointed him, that person. Do you get it? To enable the person to do what God had called them to do. Are you with me? So let's go to the first Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. It says that, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. I see God's Spirit coming upon you. Hallelujah. At the end of this fasting season, people will say of you that what? You are full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That the Spirit of God is upon you. What you couldn't do, you can do. In Jesus' name. It says that 
and the spirit of the lord will come upon do you see the word upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man wow you are going to become another man or another woman you will look at your son and say my goodness my son is another boy or my daughter is what another girl you look at your husband and say my goodness this old romantic husband is now buying flowers in jesus name because of the anointing hallelujah yeah it's possible you can he says you will turn into what another man amen and then first samuel 16 13 says that then samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the lord again you see the word upon came what upon upon means up and on up on okay up on that's all upon david from that day forward so samuel rose up and went to ramah so you see so many instances where god in the old testament when somebody filled an office a certain grace comes upon them hallelujah now you see god does not anoint you for anointing sake he anoints you to do something are you with me so if you are asking for the anointing of the holy spirit the question is what is it for okay what is it for that's the most important thing you should ask yourself why do you need me to give you a thousand dollars you needed to do something with it do you get it so the anointing you can say is the tools that god gives you to do something or to accomplish something hallelujah and whatever office you find yourself in god can anoint you to do something extra you know in the bible there was a guy called bezalel you know and he was building the 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 tabernacle and the bible says that god gave him wisdom to be able to build the tabernacle do you get it because the building of the tabernacle was a supernatural thing that they had to build it the bible says that according to the patterns in heaven okay so there was god needed to anoint them to build the temple or the tabernacle the way that he god wanted so when you go to bezalel's shop and you see his drawings and things you will be amazed because you graduated from university of jerusalem with him do you get it but this guy's architectural work is supernatural you know, one time I was at, I uh, went to um, Rome, and we, I think the Sistine Chapel, is that what they call it? And we saw the drawings of Michelangelo on the ceiling. And this, the, the church is as high as, maybe not as high, but equally high, just as this cathedral. And I was wondering, how on earth can a human being draw on a ceiling upside down? He was lying down like this. Some people have finished school of drawing. They can't even stand to draw. <laughs> do, 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 do you get it? But he was, and the pictures are so clear. And you would, I mean, you would think it's a photo copy or something. Do you get it? And I told myself, this is a supernatural gift. I see you receiving a supernatural gift. In whatever field you find yourself. Hallelujah. Yeah. And even the passion, I, I mean, there's a story that said that maybe he could go on for days without eating. Just painting. Just painting. That is, the, that is the gift and the anointing of God on his life. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, many a times when we say we are looking for the anointing, we normally look for the emotional side of things. And we miss the other side of the anointing of God. Okay. Just because we, people of color, we tend to be very emotional. True or not true? Do you get it? I mean, the way we sing. You know, the way we dance. The energy. Do, do, do you get it? Yeah. I mean, when we are talking, because I'm, I could see people talk with passion and they even slap their tie. Have you ever seen that before? <laughs> yeah. And the way we roll our necks and, you know, all that stuff. We are naturally very emotional people. True or not true? Yeah, very emotional people, you know. But our Caucasian friends are also not that emotional. Do you get it? So when you go to their churches, very tempered, they sing one hymn, two hymns, and then they preach. That's all. And when the pastor is preaching, there is nothing like, I receive it. <laughs> you know, yeah, they just listen and go home. That is their style. Okay? But then the downside to that is also, you also your, your worship is not expressive. Okay? And also the downside to what we are is that we don't get anything that is also not sensational or emotional. Okay? So when the Holy Spirit is coming in a non-emotional way, we don't get it. Are you with me, church? Are you following me so far? Okay, I hope I'm not boring you. Okay, so when the Holy Spirit is not coming to us, maybe your belly is, you know, it's like your, your stomach is rubbing against your spinal cord, you know, something, or maybe your cheeks have become scratchy, and, you know, or your eyes are tearing, they say, ooh, I feel the Spirit. Okay, maybe it could be the hot pepper you ate before that Sunday morning service. <laughs> Did you get it? It could be the pepper you just, you ate. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Yeah, it could be. I'm not saying it's not the Holy Spirit. I'm saying it could be. It could be. Or maybe that morning you didn't eat. Do, do you see? So you feel a certain sensation. Say, oh, it's the Spirit. But the manifestations of the Spirit is not just in our senses. Okay? So when you would say that, God, anoint me. I want the anointed and his anointing. What are you asking for? Okay, what are you really asking for? And let's go to the, the Isaiah. It will tell us what we are asking for. Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 2. It says that, And there shall come forth a rod. I see you coming forth. You will break out in Jesus' name. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and the branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Amen? The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Are you with me, church? So when you are asking God, Father, anoint me, what you are asking for is what? The Spirit of the Lord. That is the Spirit that makes you like Christ. 
makes you think like Jesus, make you walk like Jesus, make you pray like Jesus, make you understand the scriptures like Jesus. Hallelujah. And then what else? Wisdom. So when you ask God that God anoint me, you are asking for what? Wisdom. Hallelujah. When you say God anoint me to be a shepherd, anoint me to be a, a parent, anoint me to be a good accountant, do you get it? You are indirectly asking God that God give me the wisdom to be a better person. Do you get it? Because listen, much of the world's problem is wisdom. Many of us, the struggle, the problems you have is a wisdom problem. Do you get it? You know, the Bible where it says that uh, if any man lack wisdom, let him what? Ask. If you read the preceding verse, it talks about the, if you are in temptations and trials. Okay? So when you combine the two verses together, the Bible is saying that when you find yourself in very difficult situations, ask for wisdom. Wisdom is the how. The wisdom that has built, uh, what, 2,000 churches. There's a certain wisdom to it. A wisdom of using lay people. A wisdom of loyalty. Because look, if you don't preach loyalty, you don't teach loyalty, you cannot expand. Are you with me? If you have a business and you don't teach your employees about loyalty, look, there's a, a, a friend of mine has a shop, okay? And... Um, he lives here and he buys things and takes it to another country where he's from. And then uh, he has a shop owner who sells the things. But over a month, the shop owner says that, the, the storekeeper says that nothing has been sold. In a month, no knowing, do you know what she was doing? She sells the things and replaces the inventory. Do you get it? So what the things she's selling, you know, she actually sells them. That's a way, a way of just selling them and buying cheaper inventories to fill the shop. So she would take a picture and say, oh, this is it, this is it, this is it. And my friend was very sad. And one day she went there, not knowing that the things that were made in America, made in America, were actually made in China, made in China, made in China, made in China. Meanwhile, the person was just changing the inventory and profiting and pocketing the profit without loyalty. Hallelujah. Yeah. So if you're asking God that God give me wisdom, you are asking for some, you are asking for the anointing of God. Hallelujah. And then what? Knowledge. 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 Knowledge about church growth. You see, when you have knowledge about something, you know how something behaves. Do you get it? I mean, how come people are able to put lions in cages? Because they know, they understand lions. Some of us, the problems we have in our homes is that we don't understand the people we are living with. Understanding is what? Zero. <laughs> are you with me, church? Yeah. Understanding. I understand that a snake bites. It's a child that does not have understanding of what a snake does. We just see it and play with it. You know, sometimes when you see, uh, one, as a, one day as a guy was put in a lion's cage, I think in Dubai somewhere, and people were watching, and they were saying, ah, the guy is brave, and 
the lion didn't eat him. He said, not knowing that they had fed the lion about four goats. <laughs> you know, before they put the guy in the cage. So the lion was not hungry. Because they understand that if you give the lion four goats, the lion will not have an appetite for anything. They understood. I see you gaining understanding. Hallelujah. Yeah, the Bible says of the tribe of Issachar is a tribe in Israel. The Bible says that they understood the times and what Israel ought to do. You should be able to understand the times and the seasons of life. Amen. Yeah, understanding. You see, when I, I used to live in Atlanta, one time it snowed about a quarter of an inch and the whole city shut down. The reason the city shut down because they don't understand how snow works. <laughs> do, do you get it? So, a lot of people were driving haphazardly anyhow and they were skating over. And I was wondering, look, people, it's not 20 inches in some places because they understand that when it's about to snow, number one, put salt on the ground, add some sand, and when the snow comes, you plow it. That's all. You are free because they have understanding yes may you have understanding the secret to your marriage is the spirit of understanding Shabaya. yeah that's a secret the secret to raising your children is understanding your children that this child is this way this child is this way and this child is this way glory be to god Oh, may God give us understanding. Yeah. Hallelujah. I mean, people should say you are a man of understanding. A woman of what? Understanding. You understand things. There's anointing. So you see that it's not what we thought it was. So someone would ask, oh, as for me, I don't want to pray about the anointing because I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a prophet. The anointing is not just for ministry. It's for life. Tell your neighbor, the anointing is not for ministry only. It's for life. It's for life. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then what? Counsel. You have received counsel. You know, one of the greatest effects of the Holy Spirit in your life is that he sends people to counsel you. Are you with me, church? He sends people to do what? To counsel you. Or you begin to receive counsel about things. Are you with me? Yeah. So when, for instance, somebody calls you from nowhere and begins to talk to you, maybe you haven't discussed anything about your life with a person. Do you get it? Try and be humble enough to accept that this could be the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yeah. Be humble enough to accept that this could be the Holy Spirit. Someone just calls you out of nowhere and begins to talk to you about your job or how to prosper in your job. Begin to understand. As you are praying for the anointing, one of the things that will start coming to you is counsel. Counsel. And in life, we need counsel. I tell you. We need what? Counsel. One day, oh, one day, a certain pilot was piloting a big plane of 500 people. Oh, just going. 
And then the machine that connects the plane to the runway, you see, the planes don't just land anyhow. There is something on the runway that connects with the plane. So when they're able to lock into that signal, they can land. That's why they can land in darkness, you know. And this pilot comes from a certain country where younger people don't counsel older people. So one of the co-pilots, who's a junior lay pilot, <laughs> okay, saw that the plane is not aligned properly. And the senior pilot who'd been flying for 40 years was ignorantly flying. Flying! To kill 500 people. And in the culture of the country, it's, it's Korea, it's a Korean airline. They assume that older people know what they are doing. So you don't talk when they are doing something. So the man also sat quietly. Quietly! Quietly! And they all died. Over 500 people. Just because counsel, counsel, counsel did not go up to the pilot. Hmm. I would say forgive. Ace. <laughs> Do you get it? Counsel did not go. So as you are praying that, God, I need the anointing. You see, this, the grace of God that has built this church is the grace of counseling. Hallelujah. And I see that grace coming into your marriage, into your finances, into your, your parenting, every aspect of your life. May the Holy Spirit counsel you. You see, maybe the Holy Spirit will tell you, you need to start working out. You might say, hmm. This one is not from the Lord. Because for you, the Holy Spirit has to come in visions and dreams. And you see, like you see a chicken giving you manicure in your bed and say, Ha, ah, this is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Yeah, but the Holy Spirit can give you a counsel. Stop eating this. You can say, Oh, this one is from the devil. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can tell and say, oh, I think every month you need to take your wife on a date. Wow. Because, huh, it's a devil. You see, the devil is trying to... No, it could be the Holy Spirit. Oh, are we being blessed? And then what else? And then what? Might, the ability to do things, okay? And then knowledge, 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 knowledge. Wow. To know. You have knowledge about things. To know things. To be able to speak to things. Do you get it? And then the fear of the Lord. Fearing God is a sign of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Fearing God. You're able to tell yourself that I won't do this because I fear God. Wow. I won't steal because what? I fear God. Is the presence of the Holy Spirit upon a person. So sometimes when you have someone who is misbehaving, just pray that the spirit of the fear of the Lord will be upon them. Hallelujah. And pray that you will be a God-fearing person. Amen. Yeah. The Bible says of Jesus Christ, he says that because he loved righteousness, God has anointed him. 
So the anointing also comes upon you when you love righteousness and you hate iniquity. You should be able to tell yourself that this thing is wrong. I won't do it. Oh, are you with me, church? Yeah. The Bible says that because he loved righteousness, God anointed him. I see the anointing of God coming upon you. Hallelujah. You see, one of the, one of the prayer topics that was given to us was the prayer for a, for a vessel change. Are you with me, church? For a vessel change. You see, God's, the Bible says that nobody puts what? New wine in what? Old wine skin. Otherwise, it breaks. Okay? So part of what God is going to do in our lives as we go forward is that he's going to change our vessels. Amen? Yeah, God is going to change our vessels, who we are. You get it? Maybe the type of vessel you are is not a vessel that lends itself to prayer. But I see God changing that for you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. I see God changing. Now, how are we going to connect to this anointing? So you realize that the anointing is not just the emotional or the sensational part of God. Have you, have you come to realize that? Yeah. There's also the other tangible part. Okay. Now, one of the ways to catch to get anointed is to catch the anointing to do what to do what you know as i was meditating on this scripture what does it mean to catch i believe god brought something to my attention you see i've always thought that to catch something means you'll be there and it falls on your lap when i say go and catch a bed what would you do you go after the bed that's right when I say, oh, go and catch chicken, what would you do? You get up out of your chair and what? You run after the chicken. So when he says that catch the anointing is something that you must rise up to get. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. You get it? You must rise up to get. You see, when we were growing up, where I was born in, in Ghana, we used to have chickens. They're the homegrown once they have the poultry where the rich people ate the the poultry ones that were grew up in a farm that's the what they're rich and but those who are not rich ate the free range chicken now free range chicken were very wise chicken they were very fast i mean they could they could even beat with same boats very smart so when you try to catch them i tell you Look, they could spin you in a circle, <laughs> you know, and run over walls and run over gates. You, you, you are come to catch me for Christmas. You are joking. <laughs> yeah, they were very, very fast. So if you want to catch them, if the ones that were grew up in a farm couldn't even run sometimes because they were always in a cage. Their muscles were not. That's why the chicken we eat is very soft because the muscles, they, they don't work out. You see, they don't. That the, the ones that are the free range ones, they're always working out, always running, always running, less fat, and they don't grow very big. But they were very smart. You can't catch them easily. You can't catch them. You are joking. And when you, they realize that they, you, you started chasing them, they don't come to bed early. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't come to bed early. Because typically chicken come, they, they go out, roam around, and then they come around four o'clock. 
But when they fall five there about, but when they realize that, look, my life has been in danger. They, they even stop crowing because in the morning they used to crow. Coo, 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 coo. They, they, they stop crowing. They, before you get up, they, they've left. So if you want to catch them, you have to be very smart. If you want to catch the dove of the Holy Spirit, you also have to rise up. The Bible says of wisdom, it says if you cry after wisdom, you, you must go after it. You must go after knowledge. You see, and there are different components of the anointing that God has given his anointed. Do you understand? I, I'm trying to de demystify the anointing for you. That's why I'm taking my time to break it down. You see, there is an anointing for marriage. And it's in the form of a book. So when you see the model marriage book, you should call it the model marriage anointing. Because the anointing is what? Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Do you get it? Now, if you want an anointing for building, there's anointing in the house. If you want an anointing for what? Wealth creation. There's a book in the house that empowers you to create wealth. He that hath frugality. So instead of you saying, that, oh, this is a book, call it anointing. Oh, are you with me? Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. Do, do you get it? Yeah. Call it what? Anointing. So when you go say, oh, sister, so, so, and so, can you give me one of the books? No. Can you give me this anointing? Okay. There's an anointing for leadership. Out of leadership, a good general. Those are my favorite books. Okay. So as you are growing, look, many of us, let me tell you the truth. Especially many of us from, excuse me, people of color. We don't do well in the area of leadership and management. True or not true? That is why many of you don't want to work for another black man. You rather prefer to work for a Caucasian. Because for some reasons, when it comes to leadership and management, they study it, go to schools about a PhD in management. But we will ask, oh, this one doesn't bring any money. Do you get it? But leadership is an art that must be studied. Do you get it? If you find yourself as the head of a house, you are a leader. Okay? You are a mother, you are a leader. A father, you are a leader. You are an employee, you are a leader. Do you get it? And don't take it for, there's an anointing for leadership and management. You see, that is why many of us sometimes we don't go very high. Because we haven't developed our leadership skills and our management skills. So you might be complaining. I've been in this company for 20 years. They've not promoted me because you haven't developed your leadership skills and your management skills. And there is a book called Art of Leadership. There's an anointing called Art of Leadership. That you must catch it. Amen. Yeah, you should have one of the books in your toilet everywhere. When, when someone asks you, where are you? I'm in the toilet. I'm catching anointing. <laughs> yeah. I'm catching what? Anointing. A good general. There's anointing for leadership. Anointing for management. Do you get it? There's an anointing for building. Do you know that one of the effects of the Holy Spirit upon your life is that he, he encourages you to build? Oh, yeah. 
That same anointing was the anointing that was upon Solomon. You see, when you read the book of Proverbs, he says that wisdom, that's the Holy Spirit was the one who was talking. He says that I was by the side of God as an architect. Do you get it? It's like the Holy Spirit was the one who drew the design of the earth. He said, put a desert here. Put a mountain here. I think here we need valleys. How about other planets? How about put the sun in the middle and let all the planets spin around it? How about all the galaxies and all these things? The Bible said the Holy Spirit was an architect. An architect. An architect. When that anointing comes upon a person, the person begins to even have ideas for design. I see you building. Look, may you build a house. May you be rent free. You will not be paying rent for the rest of your life. It's not right, though. It's not ideal. Either it's a rent or a mortgage. Either we want to be rent free and mortgage free. Yeah. Hallelujah. Pray, God. So when you are praying, you say, God, give me an anointing on the anointed. The anointed that God has given us is, is a builder. Build churches, universities. So you also want to say, God. I also need a, 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 a house. Give me the grace to be a builder. Look, you have houses. One for yourself. One for your wife. One for O'Neill. One for Dolores. Those are your two children. <laughs> yeah. You have houses. Believe God for houses. Believe God for it. Don't say it's not possible. With God, all things are what? Possible. Believe God. God, you have a house paid for. Paid for. Everything is in TV. Paid for. Washing machine. Paid for. I mean, how can you live in a house where everything is on loan? Washing machine. Loan. Car. Loan. Uh, what? Toothbrush. Loan. Everything. Everything is on loan. Why? It shouldn't be. You should get to a stage in your life where at the end of the month, you shouldn't give money to anybody. And I'm aiming for that stage. And you should aim for that stage. It's possible. It's possible. Ask God for it. Oh yeah. An anointing to build. It's in this house. So when you say God, I want the anointing and he's anointed. You're also saying that God give me the grace to be what? A builder. Are you being blessed? Yeah. We're about to end, I think, my time. What, what, what time are we supposed to end, please? 11, okay. And, okay, we're about to end. Hallelujah. Now, as I'm going to end here and say that, you must catch the anointing. It doesn't just rub off on you just like that. You know, when one of the things Bonky used to say when he went to Nigeria, he said that sometimes when he sleeps on a bed, Someone will call the hotel and say that, you know, don't wash the bed sheet. I want to sleep on it so that the same anointing that is upon Bonky will come upon me. Now, God, there has been transfer of spirits through cloth and things like that. Do you get it? But when it comes to wisdom, so when it comes to um, anointing of God, try and catch it. Don't just sit down and say that it will rub off on me. Hallelujah. You have to go for it. Amen. You have to go for it. You have to pray for it. 
you have to read the books and stay connected and I, that is a secret to your doing well in 2018 why don't you be on your feet and let's pray why don't you pray for yourself at this moment as maybe you know the type of anointing that you want god to give you in this time of prayer just pray for yourself and say lord anoint me father touch my life transform me in the name of jesus i pray the lord your holy spirit help me the lord understand what it means to be anointed what it means to be anointed lord we pray for your knowledge we pray for your wisdom we pray for your your counsel your understanding in the name of jesus holy spirit have your way in the name of jesus let your anointing fall on us oh we thank you holy ghost we thank you jesus lord we are here to ask of you your spirit your word said that if we know how to give good gifts how much more will you give your holy spirit to them that ask you this morning we've come to ask for your holy spirit for knowledge for counsel for might for the fear of the lord in the name of jesus we thank you in jesus name amen why don't you say this prayer after me say father anoint me fill me with wisdom and knowledge and understanding and counsel and might and the fear of the lord may i be anointed may i not be anointing free this year the same grace that is upon this house may that grace be upon me in jesus name amen if you're here you don't know jesus as your savior before we go we just want to give an opportunity to give your life to christ if you're here you want to say pastor pray for me i want to give my life to jesus raise your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you shortly. With our heads bowed and eyes closed. Anybody here before we go, we just want to pray with you. You don't want to come to the house of God without having a relationship with him. Thank you. Anybody here? Anybody here? Wonderful. Hallelujah. Well, put your hands together for the Lord. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on LCI dot new york at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com